Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Expander Experience. My name is Michaela, and I am your host. I have been on a journey of conscious healing and expansion for four years. Now I have created this podcast as a place for you to tune into in order to bring you back to the present moment, inspire you on your healing journey, and expand your life using radical mindset shifts. I spent years running, running after money, career success, and ultimately running away from God and the spirit within me. The work I bring to you today is derived from all of the above, my connection to God, his spirit within me, and my drive to live the purposeful life designed for me. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Conscious Expander Experience. This is going to be a part two to my birth story, because after I was finished recording um, the first episode about my unassisted home birth, I felt like there were some things that I should have mentioned, um, things that I really wanted to um, speak on. So the first being intuition in women and really a mother's intuition and the way that kicks in um, after giving birth. So women are already naturally more intuitive. Um, they have an intuitive nature to them. And then I really feel like when becoming a mother, it just kicks into overdrive. So, um, I'm sure you've heard of a mother's intuition or, you know, the phrase that, you know, don't question mom. Um, mother is always right. And I feel like it's that, um, yeah, your intuition kicking into overdrive and that deep inner knowing of what's best for um, your family, your child. And I wanted to give an example of that when speaking on my home birth experience, because my mom actually had to be at work early on the day that I gave birth. So she normally gets to work, I think at seven o'clock, she had to be there at six. So she's up at 5am on that day. And she said, as soon as her eyes open, she just, in her words, she had me on her heart and she just really, um, yeah, just, I felt like, felt like a pull to me. And so she had texted me later in the morning, I think it was like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. And obviously I don't answer because if you've listened to my first uh, podcast episode on my home birth experience, I went into labor at like one o'clock in the morning. So I don't answer. And then she texts me again and in the afternoon and I don't answer. And then she calls me and I obviously don't answer. And at this point in the day, you know, she has gotten off work and she works about 30 minutes away. So she is driving home and she said she's just like panicked because she has just tried to call me and I'm not answering. And she just like, she said she was like almost hyperventilating and she's like, I've got to call somebody to like talk me down, like calm me down. Um, and so she calls my dad and he's like, well, just go over there. And she's like, no, I really just feel like she's in labor. I feel like she's going to have the baby today. And I'm just like, not okay. And she's like, she's not answering. And she's just panicked. Right. And 
she drives to my aunt's house who lives next door and she's the one that um, keeps my niece who is three. And it's so funny because she said that just like being next door just made her feel better. Like she's like, just being right there made her feel better. And yeah, my dad's like, we'll just go over there. My mom's like, oh, heck no. <laughs> because yeah, my mom just wanted absolutely no part of, uh, you know, love me, support me in my decision to give birth at home. But she's like, yeah, I don't want any part of that. I did not even want to be present in my own births, let alone somebody else's. I'm not interested. Um, but her just being next door made her feel so much better. And yeah, when she got over there and saw my friend Kinsey's car over there, she's like, okay, I know what's going down. Everything is cool. And um, then she tells my Aunt Josie, you know, she called me and I didn't answer. And then my aunt happens to call me. She's like, well, let me just see if she'll answer me. And this just so happens to be like 30 minutes after I give birth, literally. And me and Austin and the baby are just laying in bed. Austin is already like KO at this point. Like, you know, we have been up for 14 hours straight on two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep, laboring. So he is like knocked out. Baby is, um, I'm just like holding the baby next to me. We're just like laying in bed. And I just so happened to hear my phone ring. So I answered my aunt. I hadn't even checked my messages or anything yet. Like to see that my mom had texted or called me or anything. And um, I'm like, hey, check this out. And yeah, she could hear Forrest like crying um, through the phone. And it was just so, and then my mom was there. Yeah. And that was me like letting them know that I had given birth and like, I'm just tickled to death and I'm happy and everybody's healthy and everything is good. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to speak on that sort of like kick of intuition. Like my mom is, um, not, um, on my page on the same page as me in life as far as like, you know, she is not like an advocate for conscious living. Um, she is not like, on any sort of like same plane of existence that I am um, mindset wise and different things like that. She's absolutely amazing. But, um, but she felt that like, she felt that as soon as her eyes opened, like, yes, my daughter is in labor. Yes. My daughter is giving birth today. It's that like connection with your child. It's like that mother's intuition of like, I mean, really, I felt like also me giving birth, at home, um, unassisted, meaning, yeah, if you're new here, I intentionally chose to give birth at home with no medical professional present. And just like trusting God's design for birth, trusting my body, trusting my intuition of like, this is like, as soon as I was pregnant, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is where I feel called. This is what I feel like the plan is for my life. I feel like I was really healing a part of my generational line, like healing the the woman's side of like my family tree because it's been you know you know at least like a few generations now of like birthing in trauma like birthing through like with interventions like my aunt who is my mom's sister no my mom's mom's sister. So my grandma's sister, my great aunt, actually, she was telling me about one of her births and they literally cut her open. She said they cut her from hole to hole and 
in order to birth her baby. Like it was just, I mean, obviously this is, she's in her seventies now. So this was a very long time ago, but like, yeah. Talk about like convincing a mother of her body being like incapable to give birth, like inadequate, like to the point where like, you've got to intervene to the point where we've got to like literally slice her open. Just absolutely insane. Um, yeah, I think it was actually, she said they like, you know, that thing where they like screw into the baby's head and like pull them out or something. Just absolutely insane. She said they have a little like mark on the baby's head for weeks or something after the fact. Insane. <laughs> um, it's just like so many women in my family and just in society today are giving birth like within the medical system and experiencing like things that make them uncomfortable. Like, I don't think I know any woman that likes to go to places like the OBGYN, like go to the doctor and have somebody like intruding on their body, like poking, prodding, asking personal questions. Um, and then really giving over all authority, like all power over to these medical professionals that don't always have your best interests in mind. They're not always working for, um, they're not working with the biological process of birth, the physio, they don't support physiological birth. Um, and then, yeah, moms are leaving with birth trauma and then they have a newborn. So how could you possibly heal from this trauma? How could you possibly process what just happened? How can you possibly heal the relationship with your body, heal the trauma that you experienced and your child experiences um when you come out of the hospital and now you're responsible to care for a newborn literally 24 7 um yeah but that is my rant that is my tangent on that um i also wanted to speak on just some things that you know people really have a fear around birth and it's because we're programmed to fear birth so between like the movies tv shows of like women birthing on their backs, which is like not a good position for birth at all. Um, to be told to like lay on your back and like labor on your back. Oh my gosh, guys, when I was in labor and I had like really bad back labor. So that's probably, I mean, why I could not stand still part of the reason, but I feel like women should be able to like move with the, with the sensations, like move with the contractions, like really move to like open up their pelvis and like work with the baby to come down to like come through. And I mean, like, yeah, if you listen to my, the first part of my birth story, I was moving from like a heating pad on the bed to the toilet, to the shower, to the bath, to the up, 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 moving around, just walking, just stretching, just moving with my body through all the sensations that I was feeling and to be in the hospital and be expected to like just lay on your back in bed and labor, just absolutely blo like I could not, like I could not imagine doing that. Like we'll never. Um, but we're taught to fear birth because one, I feel like because it's uncontrollable, like you, you can't control birth. Like that's like, it's so funny. Like somebody that had spoken to um, actually said like, Oh yeah. Like I, was thinking about giving birth at home, but my OB says that like, they won't see me if I plan to get birth at home. Like you have to have like a sign off. You have to have like a registered nurse midwife to be present. And then they have to have, you have to have a sign off from your OBGYN in my state, at least in North Carolina, you have to have a sign off from your doctor to be able to birth at home, to give permission to birth at home. And 
because, you know, they wanted a birth at home, but they're not about this like wild pregnancy life like I was. Um, and I'm like, why don't you just lie? Like, why don't you just lie? Like, and say, yeah, I plan on going to the hospital and then just don't because like you literally cannot control birth. Like that's absolutely hilarious to say like, yeah, like I will not see you if you plan, if you're going to birth at home, like I will not do that. I will, will not be responsible for your prenatal care if you plan to birth at home. Like literally just lie, just lie. Like just say like, I just, I mean, say, and then just give birth at home. But yeah, I mean, I understand that some people are not, um, that is not where their soul is calling them. That's not part of their journey. And I understand that um, to birth completely unassisted like that. But it is just my firm belief that birth works best when left undisturbed, when left the way that God designed it. Um, but I understand like if you, if you don't feel safe, if you don't feel comfortable, then yeah, that's not going to allow for the physiological process to work through. Um, I do know that for a fact. It's all about feeling safe, feeling comfortable. Giving birth at home is literally just where I felt safest. And it's where I felt safest because first, when I became pregnant, that's where I decided, like, I feel it in my heart. That's where I'm going to birth. And then I spent 10 months preparing my mind, my spirit, my energy for this. So of course that I had, of course I had fears, like of course that I had worries and anxieties in that 10 months, right? Of like what could happen in this and let me tell you one thing, like one thing that I learned through that experience is one way to combat fear is through information. And through my experience, any fear, any worry that I had immediately dissolved away with new information. I would approach my doula with, okay, I'm scared that this could happen. And she provided me with information, like provided me with links, provided me with things to research. And with that new information, my worries dissolved away. So I was surrendering to God's plan 100%. Like I wanted to, I felt like it was my path and purpose to birth at home. Um, but I was also in the mindset of if God decides to humble me and some true emergency happens and I'm like forced to go to the hospital, then like I'm surrendering to God's plan too. Like if God decides to humble me and say like, this is exactly where you didn't want to be, but it's time for you to surrender and go through this process. I was hundred percent like ready for that as well. Um, and but that circumstance would have to be like, you know, a placenta abruption or just like extremely heavy bleeding um, early in my pregnancy um, before the baby was full term. Um, then I would, I would have went to the hospital and like surrendered to that plan. Um, still making informed decisions in that place. I would not just walk in and just be like, okay, no, you, you guys do whatever you want. Um, but like that's where I would I would have felt safest at that point. But things like, um, you know, I heard people fear for me birthing at home because like, what if the umbilical cord is wrapped around the baby's neck? Um, the baby actually doesn't take in oxygen like through breath, like through their mouth, through their nose um, when they're first born. And they're still receiving oxygen from the placenta, from the cord. And it's so thick and it's created and designed by God to be so like, um, thick, um, squishy, like spongy. So it can be wrapped like that. And the baby still, 
the stuff, <laughs> the oxygen, um, the stem cells, the blood still be pumping through even with it, like tied in knot, even if it's around the baby's neck. And so it's literally as simple as birthing the baby and then unwrapping it. Um, one of my, um, good friends actually also gave birth at home and her baby's cord was wrapped around the neck and she literally just, yep, came out, unwrapped it. Everything is fine. Like it's not rocket science. Um, and it's information of knowing like for the ba baby to be like, um, a little, I don't even want to say discolored. Cause it's like a part of the biological process, like for the baby to be like a gray color or like maybe a tint of blue, um, purple, a completely normal within like minutes of coming into this world and being like stimulated by skin to skin and like rubbing on the baby, like color comes back, like, like immediately pretty much. Um, yeah. Austin literally said when the baby was born, he's like, this may be a dumb question, but is he supposed to be that color? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Because of the vernix, he did look a little bit like gray and like off a little bit. Um, things like, I'm just trying to discuss like things that could potentially come up that I was prepared for. So something like um, hemorrhaging in birth, like, or postpartum, I was prepared for because you can actually, um, as much as I wanted to leave the cord intact and I did have a lotus birth, um, you can actually cut the cord and then suck on the umbilical cord. And within minutes, the bleeding stop or lighten, you know, like not be uh, like as super heavy. You can cut a piece of the placenta off the maternal side of the placenta, even like dip it in honey to mask like the flavor, the taste, um, swallow it and that placenta eating a piece of the placenta will support your body through that hemorrhaging and lighten the bleeding. Um, so I was not at all worried about that at all. Um, I wasn't worried about any sort of tearing and I, I didn't tear. I think I had maybe just like a small abrasion, um, but I didn't tear at all. And I birthed a literally 10 pound baby at home. Um, and yeah, my pre-pregnancy weight was like 120. I'm like five, three. So I'm a small little girl, birthed a 10 pound baby completely naturally at home, did not tear. Um, wasn't worried about that because I knew if I listened to my body and I pushed in accordance to my body and not based on what somebody else was telling me, a lot of the times like tearing is, is a cause of like force pushing, going against what your body's telling you, like having somebody coach you through pushing and like pushing against what um, your body's telling you to do. So I wasn't scared about that at all. Um, and if I did tear a little bit, I knew that that's something that my body would heal on its own. Um, it would naturally come together if I supported it through um, like natural methods after birth, postpartum, it would heal up on its own. I didn't need any sort of like <laughs> support in that. Um, breached birth. I was not fearful of it all either. Um, I believe that a breech birth is just a variation of normal. I knew that if I let my body spontaneously go into labor, so just naturally go into labor on its own, I wasn't induced. Um, I didn't try to like force it at all. I just continued to live my life and support my body. And my baby chose its time of birth. It chose its, my body went into labor on its own. If knowing that if supporting my body all the way up until that point, my baby was to come out feet first. 
I knew that that's the way that my child was just choosing to be born. And I believe that breech birth is a variation of normal. It's expected for a baby to come out. Um, if a baby does come out breech like that to be a little less responsive at birth, um, take a little longer to become like active and crying and heartbeat, maybe a little slow at first, um, but skin to skin, um, stimulating the baby, like with like, you know, rubbing and rubbing the vernix in, um, you know, holding the baby upright with you within minutes. Like the baby is like back to normal, like even like right on par, which is like a baby born like naturally. Um, so I wasn't worried about that at all. Um, I was just ready to support my baby through birth, like through that transition. Um, if they decided to come feet first, um, the biggest thing I feel like also people fearful of like a stillbirth. Um, and I was not fearful of that at all. Um, but one thing like, that's just like really true and dear to me is like, this baby is God's. It's, it's not mine. Um, I carried this baby, took care of my body, um, stayed connected to God and this baby throughout my whole pregnancy, supported my baby through labor, you know, and the natural like process that God designed. So if that were to happen, I knew it would have been, um, if I were to have lost my baby in birth, like I, I honestly would have, um, obviously grieved, been a basket case, but ultimately trusted that that was like God's plan, right? It's my child to birth, but it was ultimately like God's child. Like, um, but also you can keep the cord intact with the baby born. And there has been like multiple like instances where you can actually like stimulate the placenta with like hot water, like warm water and massaging the placenta and the baby actually be revived from a stillbirth. Um, I read the book, uh, Placenta, the Forgotten Chakra, and it was written by a midwife in Bali. Well, she's practiced in Bali and I think in um, other countries as well, but majority in Bali. And she has just supported like hundreds and hundreds of births. And she has seen that, like witnessed that um, a baby being born, still stillborn, just because they have like a lack of resources, um, in the area that she serves. So, um, as far as like food and nutrients and things like that to support the body in pregnancy, um, and things like that happen. And yeah, she seen like multiple accounts of that being, so I, I trusted that, um, stimulating the placenta, this thing that has been supporting and keeping the baby alive for nine months in, in my womb, in my, um, in my body. So just supporting that and, the baby be revived through that way. So I was prepared on that account as well. Just all these things that um, people taught you to be fearful of, um, things that could potentially go quote unquote wrong. Um, I just prepared myself with information and that really took care of a lot of the fear. Like I knew, um, like I just kind of knew what to do. Um, Another one, um, I don't know the exact like term for it, but where the shoulders kind of get stuck coming out, um, we had prepared ourselves with information on how to support the baby if their shoulders were to get stuck, how to um, 
support the baby in coming out, like literally step-by-step instructions on how to do that. So it's not like a lot of people, you know, kind of thought me and Austin were just like batshit crazy when wanting, when planning to birth this way, but it's not like, and maybe that we were irresponsible or just like literally crazy or naive. Um, but that's really like, nothing could be further from the truth. Like we prepared ourselves to birth the way that we desire to, like we prepared ourselves with information. We prepared ourselves with support. We prepared ourselves with resources, um, to birth the way that we desired. Like we, to honestly label us as like irresponsible is like comical to me because what I would consider irresponsible is walking into a place that literally profits off, um, disease, illness, um, like the, um, like harm to your body. It's how they earn their money. That's how they earn their profits. They earn their money through interventions. I think it's more irresponsible to walk into a place like that and just give over all authority to some figurehead, somebody, a stranger, okay? Strangers responsible for your medical care, people that you do not know that earn a paycheck, whether you, I'm sorry, whether you or your baby is healthy and happy or not. To just completely give over authority, that is irresponsible to me. Us choosing to birth in the way that we plan, we we desire, preparing ourselves with resources, support, information, like that's not irresponsible for me, um, to me at all. Um, but yeah, that is all I have for you. I just really wanted to touch on that stuff because I don't want, um, yeah, I just felt like that needed to be said. I don't know. I just don't want, didn't want anybody to think that, um, I was just lucky, you know, having an unassisted home birth though. She just got lucky. That could have never been me because this, 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 that, um, also mentioning again, that I believe that the interventions offered within the medical setting come with side effects and side effects that we're not informed of. So some of these side effects from the interventions that were offered to you in birth could be the very reason that you experienced these complications, but you weren't given informed consent when you decided to take take on these interventions when you decided to accept these interventions, these quote unquote, like helpful things, um, within the, your birth setting, um, that were offered by your, um, quote unquote care provider, um, could be like the reason for these complications. These, these, um, were not informed of the side effects of, you know, continual fetal, fetal monitoring or the medications given in birth, um, the opioids, the epidurals were not given, um, the Pitocin, um, you're not given informed consent on those. You, they're not giving you full information on side effects and things that could happen as a result. Um, they're just told you have this symptom, <laughs> you have this thing going on in your body. Here's the solution for that. And you're not given the information of like <laughs> the side effects and what could happen thereafter. So um, I just, yeah, don't want anybody to think that I am just lucky that I'm just, you know, like good vibes, you know, plan to birth at home and everything just worked out because I'm just, you know, um, 
lucky or one of those, uh, some people say like Sunday morning people, like just like, just naive, just stupid and life just happens to work out for them. No. I mean, I planned, I prepared, I cried, I worried, I, but in, as a conscious individual, I analyzed that emotion. I analyzed that anxiety and analyzed that worry and then um, took a step back from it, provided myself information, and then it dissolved away. Um, So yeah, this is all I have for you today. I'm going to wrap this episode up here. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I would love to connect with you through um, my DMs or email me at iammichaelaann.connect at yahoo.com. And let's talk about uh, this podcast episode. Let's talk about what you've been enjoying through this podcast. Um, I would love to support you through um, one of my newest offerings, a conscious strategy session. Um, It is 60 minutes of us connecting over any sort of block, limitation, anxiety, worry that you may be experiencing. And I help guide you through, um, yeah, really viewing your emotion as separate from you, dropping into your subconscious mind, analyzing the belief systems there, um, reinforcing the ones that you still value and hold true, and rewriting the ones that you don't. Um, I just wrapped up my first round of conscious strategy sessions this past week, and they were just so amazing. It just lights me up to be able to um, use my gift. You know, I've been healing myself for the last four years now. And I feel like I've really, really done the work, you know? And if you listen to this podcast and you think like you love the way that I think, you love the way that my mind works, you love the way that I embrace uh, change and trauma and healing. Um, if there's any area that I can support you, then these, these strategy sessions are definitely for you. Um, they're $44. You can book, um, I'll leave the link down below to purchase your session and then you'll receive an email from me with, uh, yeah, um, information on booking and that's all I have for you. Thank you so much. I know your energy is sacred, so it means the world to me that you had invested here with me today. I am sending you so much love.